there is an authority that's starting to set up on the house of God once again. There's an anointing that's beginning to set upon the one God Bible believers again. There's power in that name. I am so glad that they began to sing that song because I'm a firm believer that when you ain't got nothing else to say, you can speak the name of Jesus. The Bible tells me that he's just as close as the mention of his name. When I've ran out of tears to cry and I've ran out of words to pray, all I got to say is Jesus. When everybody's turned their back on me and I don't have nowhere else to go, all I got to do is speak the name Jesus. When I feel like I'm running crazy and I feel like I'm about to give up, all I got to do is speak the name Jesus. Hey, can I tell somebody tonight that it may seem like that's just a little bitty old word, but there's a great big God that wrote himself in little bitty letters in my God, in my we have started, we have gotten to a place to where we don't even believe what we profess to believe. But can I tell you that if you'll get just a little bit of faith, there's people that'll walk out here different and how you came in, not because I'm an evangelist, but because he's God. Not because you're under Brother Pastor White. Amen. But because he's God. I'm telling you, if you'll reach out and touch him with your faith and say, well, I ain't got nothing left. Just speak his name. Hey, you can say, I ain't got nowhere else to go. This is all I got. Just speak his name. Jesus. Jesus. My God. I remember. I, I, I grew up. I told you this morning. I grew up in the backwoods. And there was little bitty places that we used to go to church where they had a pump-in sunshine and places that didn't even have an area code. Nobody knew they existed hardly. Amen. But there's one thing that we had. I remember growing up as a child, and we had 11 and 12 and 1 o'clock services. I remember being passed out on a pew, having to go to school the next morning. See, some of y'all don't know about that. Some of y'all done turned into fairy tales. But I'm telling you, it's going to happen again. It may happen with just two or three. But the Bible says that when there's two or three, a call in my name... There he's going to be in the midst. You get me two or three that really want to worship God. We'll have church. I ain't got to have a hundred. And I ain't got to have two and three hundred. But you give me somebody that's hungry for God. And you'll see the miraculous take place. I've seen more miracles happen outside the four walls of a church than I ever will inside. My God, you know what's sad? It's a whole lot easier to see the miraculous than it is to get unity in a church. If we can all come together in one mind and want to call and believe that we're going to leave here changed. You may have it all together, but God's still working on me. You may have everything sitting right where you want it, but i got to get all my ducks in a row. God has still got some things that he can assist me with. I'm not too high and proud to say, God, I need you. God, I need you in my home. God, I need you in my help. God, I need you in my finances. I'm not above needing the help of the Almighty God. And can I tell you here tonight, if some people would drop down the banner of pride and let God enter in to the secret places of your heart, God would be able to deliver you in ways that you ain't felt free in years. Yes, yes. My, 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 my God. 
See, Hallelujah. I still believe in creative miracles. I know God can grow limbs. I know God can replace eyesight. I, I know all this. I've seen this. But there's one thing that this church needs nowadays, and it's God to do the miraculous and the things that you even cannot see. People come in here so bound down with things of your mind and depression and anxiety. But can I tell you that that's not of God. He will not give you the spirit of peace, joy, and a sound mind. He will not give you love and reassurance and then allow you to come down in here all bound down and bowed down by the cares of this world. That's the reason why the Bible tells me to cast all my cares upon him for he cares for me. Amen. Just like we heard this morning in Sunday school, he's a good God. He don't allow me to come in here and to, my God, and to walk through things that's going to weigh me down. If some of you get a hold of what I'm already preaching, nobody's going to have to lay hands on you, but change will begin to break right where you're at. Hallelujah. Some of you, some of you need to start prophesying over your life. Uh-huh. Yes. You can say, well, I'm no prophet. Oh, but you can speak those things as not as though they are. And the prophetic declares the end of a thing at the beginning of the thing. Oh, my God, that's the reason why the Bible tells us to prophesy to the proportion of our faith. Exercise your faith tonight. Tell yourself, self, I'm coming out. Self, I'm getting delivered. Self, these chains are getting broke off of me. Self, I'm going to sleep tonight. Self, my babies are coming home. Self, my babies are going to give their life to God. Self, I'm healed. Self, I'm delivered. Self, I'm set free. And you see what God does. Why? Because he's the Almighty. Hallelujah. I don't have to have, oh, believe me, I've got more respect and honor for leadership than a lot of people in my generation does these days. But I don't have to wait on a big-name prophet to come and speak a word to me and lay hands on me. I don't have to wait for some evangelist to come and open up his book and tell me something. He's done told 25 other people. All I've got to know is that God gives me promise after promise. And his promises are yea and amen if I begin to prophesy and believe them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My God, every time we come in here, God is prepping us. Oh, God. Every time we come in here, God is trying to draw us. And mankind has gotten to a place where we put a barrier up that we only let God come so far. But can I tell you that when you start putting limitations on God, he's no longer God. Why? Because God does not operate in the realm of space and time. And when you start trying to put God in a box, he's no longer God. So can I tell you to drop your insecurities? Can I tell you to let go of what little bit of pride you're hanging on to and just let God be God? There's no clock on the wall telling me I got to be out of here at a certain time. Half of you stay awake and have conversation. Are you walk into a restaurant 15 minutes before they close and sit there for an hour just to get what you want but this is the best manner that you're ever going to eat and that my God don't have a closing time and the buffet's always open and you can come and you can dwell in the Lord's house anytime and he has a table spread before you and the Bible even tells me that he'll prepare it in the presence of my enemies so you can let the people that laugh and scorn and Mark, just let him go. Why? Because I'm meeting at the table of my God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Bless if I was going to lead in my scripture, I'm just going to obey God. If I was going to lead in my scripture, the title of my message after we had a boo-boo, I gave him the wrong title tonight. And I got here and began to look at my notes, and I said, uh-oh, that's wrong. And so I corrected it back there in the back. But I was going to talk tonight on the seventh day's manner. In the book of Exodus, the Lord begins to give Moses instruction and he begins to send manna for six days. And on the six days, he he tells Moses that he's going to give enough for day six and day seven. Why? Because there's going to come a time to where on that seventh day, that there's going to be a moment to where you're not going to be able to reach God. And what happened even on the seventh day, there was a certain people that did not believe the words that come out of the man of God's mouth. And they still went up on the hillside and tried to seek for manna and for quail. Can I tell you, church, if the Lord tarries, we're going to get into a place that it's going to seem like hearing from God. It's going to get very scarce. It's going to feel like feeling God. It's going to get very scarce. That's the reason why when you come in here time after time, this is not a place to be entertained, but this is a place to be fed. This is where you're getting your seventh day's manna because there's going to come a time to where the world's not going to appreciate when you lift up the name of Jesus. My God is happening over in other countries. And it's happening right before our eyes. And we're too naive to believe that it's never going to come to America. But if God carries his coming, persecution's coming with it. And you better go ahead every chance you get and begin to feast on this seventh day's manna. Praise God. Woo. I'm going to use just a little bit of my scripture. If the, the number seven, we all, we all pretty much know. The number seven in, in, in God's biblical numerology is perfection, completion. And so we begin to look at that. And that's the reason why there's several synonyms for, for seven throughout the word. And so that's the explanation that we have for the seven days of the week. That's the one thing throughout the calendar year that man has had trouble trying to prove. Is why we dictated into seven days. And, but it's because on the seventh day, there was a day of rest for the Lord. And that was a signification of when there's going to come a time in your life to where you're not able to reach God there's going to come a time in your life to where burdens get you down so heavy that you feel like God has left you and see every time that you come in here don't sit there and think that your life with God is going to be such a bed of roses no matter how faithful you are that you're never going to have to go through the valley that you're never going to have to go through the wilderness there's going to be times to ask Job to where God's going to be there and God's going to hear you but you got to square your shoulders back and say, oh, Lord, even though I can't trace you, oh, God, I trust you. God, even though you're in the midst, I can't feel you. God, I know you're there. That's just like the song. Oh, even when I can't see you, you're working. Oh, God, you never stop. You never stop working. When I can't feel you, oh, Lord, you're working. What is he doing? He's prepping us and getting us ready. Hey, there's a reason why they were supposed to rest on that seventh day. It's because you were supposed to be fat enough to have a day of perfection. You were supposed to be fat enough to have a day of completion. But nowadays the church is not looking for a time that they become perfect in the eyes of God. But they're looking for a time where they can continue to be spoon fed the word when God is trying to prepare you for the meat. 
in the book of Isaiah, in the 11th chapter, verses 1 and verses 2. I know this is skipped to just about everything. But it says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. When you read over in Revelation, it talks about the lamb with seven eyes and seven horns, and it declares that that is the spirit of the Lord, the seven spirits of the Lord. When you read in Isaiah, and he begins to give you seven different scenarios of characteristics of God, and he's talking about the coming of Jesus. He's one of his prophetic announcements of the coming of Jesus, and he says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. That's one. A spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Every time that you come in here, that is the seven spirits of God. God is trying to perfect you to a place as you can come in here and begin to mirror the characteristics of God. That's the reason why you have to be broken. That's the reason why you have to give it all you got at the altar. Today while God is pouring out his spirit, do not wait for the seventh day and sit there and cry, oh God, where are you? But you better get enough to feast on the rest of this week. If God comes back on a day that we ain't having church, what are you going to do? If God comes back and the government shuts the doors of the church, what are you going to do? If the government says you cannot worship and you cannot sing, don't say it ain't going to happen. It's already began. But when they say you cannot assemble yourself together, even more as the day approaches, such as the scripture says, what are you going to do? We've got to get in a place to where if God calls us tonight, we can make the hell of from our last church service. We better get the seventing started in the church. This whole, this whole thing was set up this way. It was never intended for you to be a babe and stay a babe. That's right. Amen. Now, I understand the apostolic church spiritually has all ages, all stages. But when you're in an apostolic church that has been founded for 20 years and 80% of it is still babe and they're gray-haired babes, something's wrong. I ain't trying to hurt nobody. I'm trying to help somebody. There's a coming a time to where when God starts trying to rub against the grain, we don't look at it as judgment, but we look at it as him trying to place us where he wants us. Sometimes you cannot grow unless you're placed in a, in a difficult situation. And I know it's kind of corny, but the seed cannot grow unless it's put in the ground and first covered up. Amen. The, deep, the darkest time of that little seed's life is when he's been planted by the person that's got a purpose for him. Oh, if you listen to what I'm saying, I'm trying to help you. The dark time of your life is when God sees your purpose and sees that he wants to use you and he begins to bury you. Why? Because there's coming a time that through this process it's going to come perfection and through this perfection it's going to come a harvest. If people would get a hold of the sevening of the church, if people would get a hold of what God is trying to bring us to as the body of Christ, the walls of this facility could not hold the harvest that God has 
has prepared my God for this city if you'll get a hold of what God is trying to do here in this congregation to help your man of God your man of God should not have to pump and prime you should not have to convince you service after service that he is the great I am but we should already be resting in the spirit of the Lord and in the spirit of his wisdom and his understanding and in his counsel and in his might and in the knowledge of the fear of the Lord we should come in here with an understanding that I'm getting closer and God is perfecting me hey preacher I can't be perfect Bible says can't nobody be perfect Matthew 5 and 48 says be therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven if you look at that word perfect it's not talking about without flaw it's talking about maturity (laughs) and so what you're saying you're not sitting there saying I'll never be perfect you're saying God I'll never mature in your word I'll never mature in your spirit I'll never get sensitive enough in your spirit enough to help somebody but I'll always remain the person that needs help come on I know that's tough stuff shut that down right there real quick can I tell you that you got to be in a place I heard a preacher preach one time one of the greatest messages I've ever heard that in your circle you ought to be the person to where you can be helped and you ought to be in a place where you can help somebody if you're not in a place to where you can help somebody and instill in somebody else the knowledge that has been instilled in you, then you ain't growing. In order to grow, you got to have something pouring in and you got to have something flowing out. You got to be a conduit. God is trying to raise up conduits. Why do we get up here and lift up our hands and cry out to God and act like we're surrendering unto Him if we're not going to allow Him to pour something into us and He can later use us? we cry out God use me God use me but we complain when we wake up one day feeling used but I'm telling you this world will use you and throw you away but my God said that my best is just as filthy rags you know why you're filthy because you're letting him use you to clean up somebody else's vessel God I want to be just the filthiest rag that I can be because that means I've done put in work that means I've done been in a place to where the master can use me to help clean somebody else God if my best is just as filthy rags then that means my worst is a clean one God if it comes down to it God I just want to be used every time I come in here when God begin to reveal this thing to me our job as Christians is to be Christ-like. We're supposed to mirror the image of Christ Christ mirrored the, the characteristics of an almighty God Come on. If you've only got a hold of some revelation of Christ. Oh, believe me, this ain't easy. That's the reason why every time you come in here, you have to prepare yourself. Every time you come in here. I heard a preacher one time state that they all have great worship. But I heard a preacher state one time that worship is the anesthesia that is getting yourself prepped for the surgery of the word. Every time a word comes forth and it seems like it's rubbing you the wrong way, it's just cutting off a little bit of flesh. Every time that the word comes and it pierces you, 
you a little bit. Pastor, he ain't trying to offend you. He's trying to cut off that little piece of flesh. That's the reason why the Bible says besets you. Every weight that easily besets you. Every little weight, what is that? That's a little piece of flesh that I need to cut off. That's the reason why the word does not describe it as sins. But it's something you don't need on you. See, it's a whole lot harder to worship when you're all bound down. It is a whole lot harder to worship when you're stuck in a place of carnality. But I'm telling you, my, 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 my God, God is calling for some people that are raised up that'll be spiritual seven days a week. Not just when the church doors are open. Amen. But how are you supposed to restore somebody if you ain't spiritual? How are you supposed to help somebody if you ain't spiritual? How are you supposed to feed somebody if you ain't spiritual? So many, I've seen so many carnal preachers. Makes me sick. Amen. And I, I'm not going to call no names. Don't worry about that. But you see them, they'll go to these big churches. Just as carnal. And I'm talking about our churches. And they'll, and they'll go and they'll have them. Why? Because they're not preaching what convicts your heart. They're not preaching what, what clarifies and perfects your spirit. Amen. They're preaching, amen, with good uh, oratory. Amen, I ain't got that. Amen, I speak in double negatives. I'm from Mississippi. Amen, that's just how we are, how I am. I don't want to represent everybody. (laughs) They may disown me, but that's just how I am. I don't come in here and, and profess to speak in, in good wording that I don't have good oratory and good teaching and I don't have and there's nothing wrong with education but me and Brother Brown was discussing it and we was discussing the fact that I don't have one and that's just fine God uses me anyway but I'm telling you we don't have to get to a place to where we have to rely on the knowledge of ourselves but the word tells me that all that goes out the window why? because lean not on your own understanding but in all ways acknowledge him when I come in here I'm not trying to act like I'm something I'm not trying to be something I'm just trying to be something that can be broken in the potter's hands don't come in here trying to impress me but come in here and trying to fall at the feet of Jesus because if you'll watch me I don't worship pretty I can't dance like pastor but when I come in here I give God all I got because God gave me everything he had Oh, can I just be open with you for a minute? There was a time. Yeah, I received the Holy Ghost when I was nine years old. But there was a time when I was 13 that I had certain family members that misled me into drug addiction. And I was 15. And I was smoking meth and popping pills and drinking alcohol. Can I tell you that there was a time when everybody gave up on me. That God seen something in me. He said, I'm going to seven that boy. I'm going to to bring him to a place where I can mirror my spirit in him. Do not think for one minute that you've went too far, that God cannot use you. Don't you think for one minute that you've came this far just for God to throw you away. But if he reached down and placed his spirit inside of you, you are now valuable to him. You are now a child of the most high God. This world will use you and throw you away but God will never leave you nor forsake you but he'll go with you into the very end can I tell you I just feel led for a moment can I tell you that when I was in those dope houses he was there when I was there 
and I was afraid to fall asleep because I didn't trust my surroundings or nobody around me. He was there. I can remember on several different occasions to where God would still talk to me and pull at my heart. Since I was a young child, I've always, not, not trying to pin a rose on me because it don't matter how, how, how well off you are in the spirit of God, there's always room for error. As long as you're walking in this carnal body, there's room forever. That's the reason why we have to come feast on the seventh day's manna. I'm telling you, I'm getting to a point. But there was times in my life when I was a child that I was always sensitive to the word of God and to the voice of God. I was always sensitive. And from the time I was little, God would show me things that give me dreams I didn't understand. And I would seek counsel with my grandpa, and he would help me. And it seemed like even then, as God was trying to draw me closer, the more God would begin to draw me into revelation, even as a young child, the more the enemy would begin to pull on me and put things in my life that would try to trip me up and try to sidetrack me. And so I found myself in these houses and in these places I should not have been and I would be laying flat on my back or I would be up for days at a time and running around with these crowds and just knowing at any moment I was going to be going to prison and I remember hearing and feeling the voice of God come in and begin to speak to me and I would not I wouldn't feel worthy pastor to even feel the conviction of God and I would cry out even then because God was not through with me why because he had a purpose for me can I tell you that you may be in a place here tonight to where you let yourself or others hold your past over your head but it does not matter if you were just came in out of that lifestyle yesterday that is behind you once you come to this altar and you give God everything that you got and you give him everything that you are old things pass away behold all things become new and after that journey when you begin to start out if I would have begun to read my scripture I would have opened up in 1 Kings when the Lord was speaking to the prophet and he was asleep and the Lord sent an angel and he began to cook for him and the angel woke up the prophet and told him said arise and eat for the journey is too great for you can I tell you that me by myself I can't make it on this journey but I've got to have every word that comes from the mouth of God amen even in the book of Acts and Peter's message when he begins to preach he said it was many other words and can I tell you that you may confess Jesus to be your Lord and Savior you may speak in tongues and receive of his spirit but it's going to take many other words to keep you on this journey it's going to take many other words to keep you in the will of God this is not just a one time thing but we've got a taste of the Lord every time we come in his house Praise God. God is calling the church back to the places of the elders. It was not an easy walk. I remember hearing stories of, of my grandpa's generation when they would have services and revivals. See, and now because of the way that the mindset of the people has gotten, it's even hard. And it's hard on evangelists. It's hard for us to have consecutive revivals anymore. Because when you try to have a wheat revival nonstop, people will come out the first, second, maybe third night. But then after that, you can't get nobody to show up and you can't afford to, to feed the evangelists. The less kept the lights on all week. But I remember hearing stories when 
People would get to church two and three hours early and would take off work just to travel for revival. And they would find themselves underneath vehicles and underneath church buses and out in the woods. And they would lay on their face and cry and try to lay before the Lord. And they would bring down the glory. And when they came into the church, the revival would follow them in the doors. They didn't have to pump and prime. They didn't even have to go through the, through the preliminaries the majority of the time. But the Spirit of God met them there. God is trying to get us to a place oh I love the way you conduct your services please do not take me wrong but we've got to come to a place to where we don't have to have things a certain way to please me but we've got to come to a place to where if God wants to slap me on my face to cry out before him as soon as I walk in his house then I give God liberty amen we've got to get into a place to where you let God walk up and down the aisles of your heart and convict you and bringing you out of situations and not blaming it on the person next to you for why you can't feel God if you would open up your heart and let him in he's standing at the door and knocking can I tell you that if you let him in he will change your life Everybody's got an excuse nowadays for why you can't come to church. Everybody's got an excuse for why I got to leave this church and go to another one. Everybody's got an excuse for why you can't feel God. If you would stand in the mirror, you would see the very thing that is standing in the way of you in the greatest revival that has ever hit the face of the earth. I've got to get to a place to where I mirror God's characteristics and people don't see me anymore. God, just like we preached this morning, when Moses came off the mountain, he had to cover his face with a veil. Why? Because he was a reflection of the glory of God. It's a, it's a shame when we walk around in public and people don't even know that we're children of God. And I understand for apostolic ladies, people can tell. But for us men, let me pick on you for a minute. How do people tell that you're holy? Well, I understand my convictions. I understand my convictions. My convictions is that I wear my pants all the time. My convictions is I wear long sleeves all the time. My convictions. But I also know people that have come in that look just like me, clean shaven, long sleeves, pants, but they'll cuss every breath. So what separates my holiness? We've got to get to a place to where people see our relationship with God on our face. We've got to get to a place where when you walk in, it changes the atmosphere because people know you've been with God. It's not good enough anymore in the days that we live in just to dwell in the church house. But when you walk out, you've got to dwell with God every day. You've got to find yourself a place to where you die out every day. You must die daily. My God, we've got to get to a place as men to where we can be a reflection of the glory of God. For that is true holiness. But when they can say, for you have been with God, can I tell you? church that we are in a place to where this world knows if you're real or if you're fake this world knows if you 
live everything that you profess to live. This world knows if you're ready to go. Why? Because the world knows the world. My God. This world, it knows the world. It knows if you're falling. It knows if you're slipping. It knows if you're listening to every word that pastor preaches. It knows if you're living by every word that comes out of this book. Amen. The world knows. Amen. And so does God. I'm telling you, we've got to get to a place to where we get hungry after the things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody nowadays is done caught up. Me and Brother Brown, we was talking about this last night. And this, this new age Pentecostalism things that's coming out, no standard, no responsibility for anything, no accountability. But they want to promise you everything that Pentecost can promise you. And what has happened is everybody is seeking power. Everybody wants apostolic demonstration. But nobody wants apostolic sacrifice. Everybody wants demonstrations of the gifts of the Spirit. Everybody wants somebody that can get a hold of God. But nobody wants to pay the price. And so what we'll do is we'll just fake it till we make it. <laughs> oh God. What we do is we'll just carry on and profess it with our mouth and we'll fulfill the scripture where our hearts are far from him. And 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 we'll have a form of godliness, but we'll deny the true power thereof. Just to keep a crowd. Just to say we're Pentecostal. And just so we can act like we carry on the things of Acts. Just so we can act like we're dwelling, amen, in the apostles' fellowship and doctrine. We'll sit there and try to act away, amen, without doing what we've got to do to really have the power. But there's going to come a time to where the true believers... We're going to seek out the old paths. And we're going to walk therein. Oh no, it ain't comfortable. Oh no, it's hard sometimes. No, it ain't always easy. It ain't always easy to look different. It ain't always easy to act different. It ain't always easy to keep the characteristics of God. But can I tell you, there's coming a time. That if you can bring yourself down and be like John and you can decrease, there's going to come a time in your life that when you need him the most, he's going to increase. My, 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 my God. I'm getting ready to bring this thing down to a close if music wants to come. But I'm telling you right now, God is in the midst. God is dwelling in the atmosphere of this house. He's been here ever since we've come in and began to lay on our face and cry out. He was here to answer us. What you need is hanging above your head in the atmosphere. What you need to carry you through this oncoming week is hanging above you in the atmosphere. God knows your steps. They're already ordered. God knows your tomorrow even though you can't see it. God knows what you need. And he's making a declaration right now. That you can have enough to feast on this day. That'll carry you through the rest of this week. Do not hesitate tonight. Just because the preacher is starting to step down. The spirit of God is starting to step up. And if you will meet God. And if you will grab the horns of the altar. And begin to seek God for everything that he's worth. And everything that he's got. God is faithful to answer you. And if you do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you tonight. That in this happening. 
atmosphere, God, my God, is faithful to answer his promise. And the book of Acts tells me that it's a promise for me and for my children and their children and as many as the Lord their God shall call. If you don't believe me, try God. He won't fail you. Amen. If they want to play, if they want to sing, I encourage you to deny, to get a hold of God and get everything that you can for God while the getting is good. Amen. Can you stand to your feet and put your hands together? What an awesome, awesome.